Hey guys, it's Hannah, and welcome back to the Punk Hour. I'm going to be your host on this little journey of understanding Europe, Russia, and the Slavic Republics better. This episode is going to be split into four segments where I'll answer some broad questions, um, I'll fry your brain for a little bit, and then we'll jam to some different tunes to give you a break. I hope you enjoy! Wow, a huge thank you to my friend Jack White for playing us in there. Um, Alright, our first segment is over the way that we interact with these different countries. So there are quite a few factors that play into how we reach out to these places. Um, and the first factor I'm going to talk about is religion. I think this is a good example of how we interact with Europe, more specifically the far western region, by having similar religious principles. The U.S. is built on Protestant beliefs, and the official religion of the U.K. is Protestant Christianity. Um, The official religion of France is Catholicism, so we can relate in our shared Christian ideas. Next, food. Food is a big thing. I think we can relate to any country with food. Um, I think one of the biggest cultural impacts with food, though, is caviar. Caviar was originally a Russian delicacy, but is now considered a luxury worldwide. That's a lot of words. Um, Caviar is unfertilized sturgeon eggs that are salt-cured and served. This food originated in Russia, but when a German immigrant started a caviar business in America, the food took off. People were selling it in bars for super cheap to increase thirst so that people would buy more beer. In the 19th century, America was producing 90% of the world's caviar, so essentially we stole Russia's food and made lots of money. And another little fun fact that I found was that um, we would sell our caviar, American caviar, to Europe, and they would sell it, you know, as American caviar, and vice versa. We would get Russian caviar and sell it as that, but... um, It is suspected that 90% of the American caviar that we exported to Russia, they sold back to us as Russian caviar. So we stole their food and got scammed. Um, Next is social customs. Um, We are very similar to Western Europe. We're um, similar to them in a lot of ways, actually, because many immigrants came from that part of the world. Our marriage and funeral customs are very religious, just like they are in Europe. Many people begin dating in their teens, marry in or around their late 20s, early 30s. Um, One difference is here, especially in the Midwest and the South, we don't usually cohabit with our significant others before marriage. We regard marriage um, more highly than most Europeans. So, language comes almost entirely from Western Europe or the Mediterranean regions. English is derived from Germanic and Latin roots, and English was first spoken in the non-coincidentally named, I'm sure, country of England. When English settlers first arrived in North America, which became the United States, they obviously brought their language with them. I'm going to say that most of our governing system comes from the ancient Greeks, there were they were the first to develop democracies and really set the stage for all the democratic-ish, for lack of a better term, governing systems to follow. The U.S. was the first to identify itself as a republic, but since we essentially evolved the democratic principles already created by the Greeks, many countries had followed suit. 
um, have followed suit, excuse me. The newest countries in that part of the world are the republics, due to the fact that they broke away from the Soviet Union in the 90s. No matter what Russia has to say about it, Ukraine describes itself as its own entity as of 1991, and they set up a (laughs) a semi-presidential republic, I'm sorry, very like that of the United States. Another example is Czechia, the Czech Republic, who set up a parliamentary republic after their independence in 1993. This really helps us relate to these newer countries by modeling a good governing system. Since the Ukraine separation, we have sent billions of dollars to aid their economic system, government, and military. In 2018, the last fully reported year on the USA.gov site, we sent over $558 million. That's quite a chunk of change. I think I'm beating the dead horse on this subtopic at this point. Um, We help people. We get along well with governments like ours, which we got from the ancient Greeks. Economics. Everyone loves cash. We interact with these people by trade and lots of it. Our economic system is where it is and theirs are where they are because of trading. From Russia alone, just in the first two months of 2020, we sold. Here we go. $746.6 million in exports and bought $3,627,700,000 of goods, making our balance a negative $2,882,000,000 smackers. That is definitely an economic interaction if you ask me. Now, let's take a short break and come back for our second segment after we listen to some tunes. Hey, um, so, uh, we have a band that's gonna play for you, um, so we're gonna do some little jam sessions, but they're gonna kind of pertain to what we're talking about. Um, our first country we're going to be looking at with their different music is Britain, the UK. So, um, We're going to first listen to a song by the Beatles. If you don't know who they are, then you must be living underneath a rock. Um, They're a band from Liverpool who swept the globe in the 1960s. Um, They're one of the most popular bands of all time and definitely the biggest British band ever. Many, many bands were inspired. Actually, the next band that we'll be talking about um, got a lot of their inspiration from the Beatles. Um... The four members were John Lennon, who was um, murdered, sadly, Um, Paul McCartney, who is 70-something years old and still rocking. Oh, he's so talented. Ringo Starr, the coolest drummer name ever, and George Harrison, who is also dead, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, The song that our on-site band, um, Hannah... McConnell and the one man band, that's what they're called. And um, they're going to be playing Obla D for you today, so I hope you enjoy. Desmond has a barrel. Oh, 
made a special appearance in that song and um they asked for the liberties so they were they were there um (laughs) um, so next we're going to be looking at another british band like i said who got a lot of their inspiration um from the beatles and they're considered to be the biggest british band since the beatles and they're called oasis they came from manchester the um lead pair are the Gallagher brothers. Um, Liam Gallagher is the lead singer and Noel Gallagher plays guitar and writes all of their music or wrote all of their music. They sadly broke up in 2009 because they hate each other. They have always hated each other. I don't know why they started a band. I don't know why it had to be so good, but they ended it and they don't even see each other on holidays anymore. So, um, 
Yeah, they're one of the biggest Brit bands ever, um, right after the Beatles, and, um, yeah, anyways, here's Wonderwall. Bless you. They're gonna throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do And I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Back feet, the wood is on the street that the fire in your heart is out And I'm sure you've heard it all before but you never really had a doubt and I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now And all the roads we have to walk are winding And all the lights that lead us there are blinding There are many things that I would like to say to you But I don't know how Cause maybe You're gonna be the one that saves me And after all You're my wonder the day but they'll never throw it back to you by now you should have somehow realized what you're not to do and I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now and all the roads we have to walk are winding and all the lights that lead us there are blinding there are many things that I would like to say to you, but I don't know how. Because maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me. And after all, you're my
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that little performance from Hannah McConnell and the One Man Bands. Um, so the next point I'll be touching on is how these different regions' history affects the way that we interact with them. And this is going to be kind of a long segment, so in the middle we'll be taking a 30-second break. So I hope you're comfortable. Sit back, get a cup of coffee, and here we go with part two. Um, again, going back to democracy... I promise I won't talk forever this time, but we relate to the Greeks because their ancient people invented democracy and gave us the basis for our government. And we relate to the newer countries that have republics and because they were once Russian, um, their history doesn't go back as far as ours, but they modeled their government after ours. So, yes, the plague, the Black Death delish. The bubonic plague was a bacterial disease that swept the world in the 1300s. The death rate is unknown due to the lack of records, but it's estimated that a whopping 25 million people died in Europe. And if you don't want to hear me talk about how gross this illness is, I suggest skipping ahead a few seconds. This illness targets the lymphatic system, which results in swollen lymph nodes, which are glands that become swollen in response to infection. People would be infected by a flea bite, the fleas usually living on rats in the city, and would experience symptoms within a week. The infected people feel sudden fever, chills, headache, and nausea. The bacteria multiplies in the lymph, nose, lymph node closest to the infection site and can spread to the rest of the body. In the Middle Ages, these large swollen areas, often the size of eggs or apples, were called plague boils and oozed a bunch of stuff. So yeah, nasty. Moving on, the Black Death had a huge impact on the social and cultural norms of the time, especially in bigger cities of Europe that were eventually brought to America by early settlers, the most important of which is living conditions. The plague hit London especially hard due to the unsanitary living conditions. After they realized um, that it wasn't the divine punishment, they begin to be a little more conscious of their cleanliness. When early Americans came from Britain, they brought that knowledge with them so that they could hopefully avoid another plague. The government always tried to maintain these standards so that there wouldn't be another health crisis. And, you know, they did a pretty good job until someone ate a bat in China at the end of 2019. The Renaissance not only impacted America, but had a huge impact on the world art and science flourished during this period. The Renaissance, or rebirth, began in 1300 and lasted for about 300 years. Kicking off in Florence, it quickly spread all over Europe. Some of the most notable inventions and discoveries of this time are Leonardo da Vinci's flying machine, the Ornithopter, which paved the way in the discovery of modern aerodynamics and aviation. Another distinguished invention was done by Galileo Galilei, the father of um, astronomy, excuse me, who improved the telescope and invented an early thermometer. These are just a few of the many great products from this era that have proven useful to modern science. Without these early prototypes, our government wouldn't be as technologically advanced. Um, essentially, without the first flying machine, the first observations of astronomy, we wouldn't be advanced in space travel or exploration, and we wouldn't be able to compete with other governments in the field of science. Um, religious conflict happens all the time, everywhere. 
but one of the most home-hitting conflicts of all time are the Troubles of Northern Ireland. This period lasted about 30 years and has left an impact on the citizens of Northern and Southern Ireland to this day. The North, identifying as loyalists to the Queen and mostly Protestants, wanted Ireland to stay British while the predominantly Catholic Republicans wanted all of Ireland to be its own country. These conflicting ideals resulted in the violent dispute between the two parties, which most of the world didn't even know was going on. The two groups had their own militant organizations, the Ulster Volunteer Force in the north and the Irish Republican Army in the south. The two terrorized each other and innocent victims for three decades. The whole country was a war zone, and one event that still brings, chill, still brings a chill down people's spine is Bloody Sunday. In the fall of 1971, British government put in state a new law so that people could be imprisoned without trial. They felt as though this was the only option to stop the violence and regain control. The following January, around 15,000 people marched for civil rights in Londonderry, Northern Ireland. British troops were also deployed to the scene. When young protesters started throwing rocks and resisting arrest, troops shot 108 rounds into the crowd without warning. 15 were wounded and 13 were murdered. This only lit the fire under the war and the troubles continued to rage on. American involvement began under the Clinton administration. Um, the U.S. administration helped to mediate the peace talks and President Clinton went to Belfast to make a speech helping to end the war. So let's take a quick break and come back for the rest of part two. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that little clip from one of my favorite Northern Irish bands, Stiff Little Fingers. Um, moving right along with essential question number two, the age of exploration began in the early 15th century and ended in the 17th century. During this time, European ships traveled all over the world and colonized many different countries. Of course, the main focus for us is the expedition of Christopher Columbus, who opened the Americas to European colonization. Columbus got permission to explore a new route to India for trade by King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Spain. He instead landed in the West Indies and thus inspired other explorers to travel west as well. We still observe Columbus Day as a national holiday and pay homage to his bravery. And next, um, during the peak of a... What? Okay. During the Age of Enlightenment, sorry, scientific discovery and philosophy peaked. Early Americans began to become important figures in this era, such as Thomas Jefferson. One of the main interactions between our government and a notable person is our respect for John Locke and his ideas. John Locke was a ph philosophical author, and when we were creating the basis for our government, we used many of his ideas. Um, the American Revolution was a war between the American colonies and Britain in order to gain independence and break away from the unfair British rule. Due to the fact that America was a brand new country, we didn't have the power nor the resource that Britain had. The colonies reached out to France for help, and the French government supplied us with funds and weapons without Britain's knowledge. This alliance is what ultimately won us the war, and we continue to have a strong connection with the French government to this day. And on another revolutionary note, the Russian Revolution took place in 1917, right after World War I. Russia was in a place of political turmoil with anarchy and everyday theme. 
American government chose not to get involved and focused on rebuilding American economy after the war. But many communist and Russian sympathizers pushed for Woodrow Wilson to get involved. Um, so American government views on communism have never been positive. When communism began to become popular, President Truman put in state the Truman Doctrine, which act f asked for the regulation of the spread of communism. We ended relations with China when they became communist nation and fought wars in Korea and Vietnam to stop communist rule. Um, Churchill educated Americans on the division between Western allies and the communist superpower, the Soviet Union. This was the beginning of a long period of tension between the West, specifically America, and the Soviet Union, called the Cold War. Um, amidst the Red Scare sweeping across the general public in the raging Cold War, the Reagan administration went to Berlin and tore down the wall between communist East Berlin and Democratic West. This was a key part to the fall of communism and the eventual dissolution of the Soviet Union, which happened under the George H. Bush administration. George H. Bush administration of 1991. Okay, so that was quite a bit shorter than the first part of this segment, but we're going to take another break and have a jam session. So I hope you enjoyed. <coughs> Welcome back to another jam session. Um, this time we're going to be focusing on France and America, but mostly America Yes. So, um, the song I picked to represent or kind of showcase France is a song called Tree Hugger by Kimya Dawson, an American folk artist. I chose this song because there is an entire verse in French, and that is as close to a French song as we're gonna get, because I don't speak French. So, um, I hope you enjoy the song called Tree Hugger. <laughs> flower said I wish I was a tree the tree said I wish I could be a different kind of tree the cat wished that it was a bee the turtle wished that it could fly really high into the sky over rooftops and then dive deep into the sea and in the sea there is a fish a fish that has a secret wish a wish to be a big cactus with a pink flower on it And in the sea there is a fish A fish that has a secret wish A wish to be a big cactus with a pink flower on it And the flower would be its offering of love To the desert and the desert so dry and the Elle jacquelope a dit Je voudrais un yeti Pour voler dans les nids Et me voler dans d'ici Me voler yeti a dit Je voudrais un monstre marin Pour pouvoir rentrer dans les mers De tous les requins And the rattlesnake said I wish I had hands So I could hug you like a man And then the cactus said don't you understand? 
My skin is covered in sharp spikes that'll stab you like a thousand knives. A hug would be nice, but hug my flower with your eyes. The flower said, I wish I was a tree. The tree said, I wish I could be a different kind of tree. The cat wished that it, it was, was a bee. The turtle wished that it could fly really high into the sky, over rooftops and then dive deep into the sea. And in the sea there is a fish, a fish that has a secret wish, a wish to be a big cactus with a pink flower on it. And in the sea there is a fish, a fish that has a secret wish, a wish to be a big cactus with a pink flower on it. And the flower would be its offering of love to the desert and the desert so dry and lonely that the creatures all appreciate the effort. <laughs> Hello, hello, and I hope you enjoyed that Kimya Dawson song. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna translate what that French part was there. It means, and the jackalope said, I wish I was a yeti so I could steal into the night and get away from here. But the yeti said, I wish I was a sea monster so I could go into the sea with all the sharks. So, <laughs> a fun little song there, don't you agree? Well, this next song is just an American song, one of my favorites. It really has no significance in this podcast. Um, it's just it's just a good song, and it's called um, Blister in the Sun by the Violent Femmes. I hope you like it. Take it away, Hannah McConnell and the one-man bands. walking I strap my stuff and I am so strung out I'm high as a kite and I just might stop to check you out let me go on like I blister in the sun let me go on big hands I know you're the one Body beats and I stain my sheets and I don't even know why My girlfriend, she's at the end, she is starting to cry Let me go on, like I blister in the sun Let me go on, big hands, I know you're the one Check you out. 
Let me go on Like I blister in the sun Let me go on Big hands, I know you're the one Welcome back. I hope you'll stick around for the last half of the podcast. Um, the next question I'm going to be addressing is how different conflicts affected the politics of these regions. In the beginning of World War I, in 1914, Russia had the fourth largest economy in the world. In 1917, however, the country was in ruins and an era of political uncertainty began. Years before World War I, the Russians suffered a defeat in the... Russo-Japanese War. I really hope that is correct. Um, This plummeted morale and put a damper on their economy, Um, but before the war, the country began to stabilize and affection towards Tsar Nicholas was heightened. Many peasants marched into war proudly and with patriotism. No one predicted that the war would last as long as it did, and with Russia's primarily agricultural economy, things weren't looking so hot. The Tsar took personal command over the army in 1915, so every failure was on his shoulders. He became pretty despised when people were starving and losing a war. Soon, he was dethroned. Um, Which brings me to the Revolution of 1917, which I already kind of touched on in the last segment. During this period, the army turned against the Tsar because they blamed him with killing thousands of young men, and he was forced to give up the throne. A new government stepped in and two different parties, with two different parties, sorry. The Petrograd Soviet was for the people and the workers, while the provisional government was the same type of government but without the Tsar. Um, after these two parties ruled for a bit, another revolution took place called the Bolshevik Revolu- Revolution. The Petrograd Soviet politician named Vladimir Lenin took control in October of 1917 and led Russia to be the first communist country. Alrighty, so in post-World War I Germany, the Nazi party started to gain popularity among the government officials as well as the citizens. After a period of forced democracy by Westerners, the fascist movement took over. The definition of fascism, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is... Here we go. (laughs) A political philosophy, movement, or regime that exalts nation and often race above the individual and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader. Severe... Ah, no, it was so close. (laughs) Severe economic and social regimentation, enforceable suppression of opposition. I almost had it. (laughs) Um, This is exactly what led the German people, especially the government, wait, especially the people who fit into the Aryan race criteria, that they were the master race and anyone who else needed to be taken care of or killed. So basically, if you were Aryan, then you got to live and everybody else just didn't matter. Um... In Germany's defeat, after Germany's defeat in World War II and Hitler's suicide, Germany was split into sections and watched over by France, Britain, Russia, and the U.S. They used the babysitting method because the treaty that ended World War I prohibited Germany from starting any more wars, which obviously didn't work out. 
The three Western countries decided to all come together and rebuild Germany using democracy, but the Soviet Union decided that if they also joined them, they would be giving the West more power. So they built a wall to keep Eastern Germany communist. Many people escaped to Western Germany where it was more prosperous, but when the 30-foot wall was actually finished being constructed, no one could leave. The Cold War pretty much started after Russia pulled that Berlin Wall stunt. That's when the space race started between the US and Russia and satellites were launched into space to keep watch on one another. And we further developed our nuclear warfare program, program while always keeping weapons pointed di weapons directed, sorry, toward their cities and their weapons pointed at ours. Our government style didn't change from the end of the war to the 80s, but the attitude was very much pro-American and anti-communism. This wasn't necessarily the case when the Vietnam War broke out and was televised because people were finally seeing the horrors of war, but we got involved in this conflict to stop the spread of communism. All the way up through the Reagan administration, everyone was very much pro-American and had conservative views. So that's all for section three. Let's take another short break before coming back for the last part of this episode. Welcome back to the last full jam session. Um, today we're going to be looking at some Irish bands. Yay! Um, one of my favorite bands called The Cranberries are from Limerick, Ireland, and um, Hannah McConnell and the One Man Bands will be performing Linger by them. So I hope you enjoy.
Oh man, I love the cranberries. Um, the next song we have is a classic Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison, who is from Belfast, Northern Ireland. So that's why he's on the little Irish segment today. I hope you enjoy and I hope you sing along. Hey, where do we go? Days when the rains came Down in the hollow Playing a new game Laughing and a running, hey, hey Skipping and a jumping In the misty morning fog with Ah, our, our hearts are thumping And you, my brown-eyed girl You, my brown-eyed girl Whatever happened To Tuesday is so slow Going down to the old man with the Transistor radio Standing in the sunlight laughing Hide behind a rainbow's wall Slipping and a sliding All along the waterfall with you My brown eyed girl You my brown eyed girl Do you remember when We used to sing Sha la 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 da Just like that Sha la 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 da la la da So hard to find my way Now that I'm all on my own I saw you just the other day My, how you have grown Cast my memory back there, Lord Sometime I'm overcome thinking about Making love in the green grass Behind the stadium with you My brown-eyed girl You, my brown-eyed girl Do you remember when We used to sing Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-
One of the most recent terrorist attacks in this region was the bombing in Paris, where a group of radical Islamic men, almost simultaneously, went on killing sprees in a football stadium, a concert hall, and numerous eating establishments. 130 people lost their lives and over 400 people were injured, about 100 of those critically injured. France and the rest of the world responded by upping their military action against ISIS and increasing homeland security. Um, in the Slavic nations that broke away from Russia, emigration has slowed since they became democracies. Some of those countries broke out into civil war and many people left and immigrated to other countries when they, um, to other countries around the globe, sorry, after the fall of commun- but after the fall of communism, <laughs> people began to be content with democracy. Um, Environmental issues are found in pretty much every country on Earth, but it seems to me that Russia is the most problematic. According to the FAS website, less than half of the population has access to drinkable water, and it would cost almost $200 billion to solve this problem. They also have a really high level of toxic waste dumped illegally. This causes not only issues for the Russian population, but to the economy. By having that much pollution, their natural resources are compromised. The European Union is a group of 27 countries that promote peace and have economic relations. They are huge allies of the U.S. and we trade with them all the time. The countries in the EU have begun to open stores again following their peak of coronavirus. This is a big thing globally because we can see what happens if people are allowed to gather again and we can make decisions based on the data they provide. Um, Brexit took place in January of 2020 and was voted on in 2016. The European Union basically decides what each country will produce and trade, which was really bad for British workers. They were working to produce goods that they couldn't even trade anymore, so many people lost their jobs or had to quickly learn a new trade to build a new industry. They are also mad because the European Union agreement is that anybody in those 27 countries can work and immigrate anywhere that they want. And Britain wasn't really a fan of that. So in 2016, the people of Britain voted to leave the EU, and while most of the negotiation happened under Theresa May, Boris Johnson delivered the deal in 2020 after Theresa's re resignation. Um, the Chernobyl disaster is a tragedy that took place in April of 1986. Due to a Due to a faulty nuclear reactor and inept operators, the result was catastrophic. Hundreds of people died, 30 of those were operators and firemen. This had an impact on the world due to the huge amount of radiation expelled into the northern hemisphere. Chernobyl is still unsafe for people to be around, and many people are dealing with the symptoms caused by radiation. Nuclear arms were improved on in hot improved on and in hot production in both the U.S. and the Soviet Union during the Cold War. This is called an arms race, when two powers pretty much race to get the best weapons. This all happened in the 40s and 50s after World War II. We have only dropped two atom bombs, but we have developed and produced thousands more. So have the Soviets. Um, this affects people globally because the scale of these weapons could wipe out entire countries. 
When it comes to election meddling in the U.S., Russia is usually the focus. In 2016, Russia was accused and investigated for hacking into electoral databases, which they were found not guilty of of doing. Sorry. <laughs> Apparently, lawmakers just received a report that Russia is going to try and sway the election again in 2020. Internet troll farms tie together with election meddling. A troll farm is a group of people, internet trolls, that interfere with political opinions and decisions. There aren't many credible reports of their existence, but I'm sure if they are real, they exist in secret. Okay, one last song from Hannah and the One Man Bands. inside the eye of your mind Don't you know you might find a better place to play You said that you'd never be But all the things that you see slowly fade away So we start a revolution from my pain Cause you said the brains I had went to mine Step outside the summer times in Stand up beside the fireplace Take that look from off your face Cause you ain't ever gonna burn my heart out So Sally can wait She knows it's too late As we're walking on by My soul slides away But don't look back heard you say Take me to the place where you go Where nobody knows If it's night or day In the hands of a rock and roll band We'll throw it all away So I start a revolution from my bed Cause you said the brains I had went to my head Step outside the summer times in up beside the fireplace and take that look from off your face cause you ain't ever gonna burn my heart out so Sally can wait she knows it's too late as we're walking on by my soul 
Don't look back in anger I heard you say At least not today Hey, you made it to the end! I hope you enjoyed this episode and had as much fun as I did. Thank you for listening. This has been The Punk Hour. Signing off.